The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino and joining me today are Deepak Gohill and Rob Newell. Welcome back to the show, Rob. Thank you very much. Good to have you back, Rob. So last week we played the Jets and came away victorious, 31 to 13. Garoppolo went 14 of 16 for 131 yards, two touchdowns, and a 140.4 passer rating before being pulled. He did not return from halftime. Mullins took over the second half, was 8 for 11 for 71 yards. He had one interception and a 51.7 passer rating, while Darnold was 21 for 32, 79 yards, one touchdown, and a 90.5 passer rating. Now, while on paper the Niners look pretty good, this win came with a big cost, guys. Yeah, it felt like a loss for me. It did for many people. It's devastating to lose so many players. But just a quick thing on Jimmy Garoppolo there. I argue that's the best half of football he's played in the NFL. Absolutely. He definitely had control of the field that first half. He was playing how you want him to play and you sometimes expect him to play, but he he needs to be that guy all the time, you know. That's what we need. But a devastating loss, Kat, in terms of Uh. injuries and... uh, What can you say? How many did we lose that day? Was it four or six or... It It felt like half the team. You know, first Bosa, then Thomas, then Jimmy went down. And, you know, it was just like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And there was someone else they were talking about adding to, the, to IR. Just I just read that this morning, and it was an article from yesterday. I want to say it was Mostert, but it may not have been. It may have been someone else. I think it was Tevin Coleman. Coleman, yes. Thank you. Thank you. But, I, I mean, do we have anybody left to play? John Lynch has been earning his money, hasn't he? Wheeling and dealing these days. We've got Ziggy. We've got Ezekiel Ansa. <laughs> yeah. Signs Ezekiel Ansa on the 23rd. Activated Dion Jordan, uh, defensive lineman from the practice squad to the team's roster. I mean, we're really, we're having to work out people left and right just to, to keep the, the roster going. That's why these guys get paid millions and millions of dollars a year, Cat. You know, they've got to be ready for these sorts of um, yep. situations. And uh, we're buying a lot of one-year rentals, aren't we? I mean, I, I still think, despite the, the decimation on the team, I still think we've got enough to not only beat New York, but certainly Philadelphia and Miami. You know, if we can come out of this three and one, then hopefully some of our starters will be coming back. Maybe Mozart might be coming back. Jimmy G might be back then. You know, George Kittle might be back then, you know. So hopefully within three, two, three weeks, we could expect to see some of these guys coming back. Not all. Some of them are gone for the entire season. Unfortunately. Yeah, but also the guys that have come in, Ayuk is going to have to step up, you know. All these guys, mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne's going to have to up his game, you know. He, 
dropped a, a beautiful pass from Garoppolo. He dropped it. Couldn't believe he dropped it, but he dropped it. But these guys are going to have to to really, really raise their game. You know, Jordan Reed, he was great. Now Hyder on the D line, he was great. You know, I think these guys have got a point to prove by being one year rentals. They want a home to go to after this season, and I think there might be some pleasant surprises for us in the way that they play. I think, to be honest, obviously Bosa is going to be a standout loss on whichever team he's on. Which even if he was on the Chargers with his brother, it'd still be a big loss for any team. But if you take him aside, the other players that are out, although are starters, I think we've got cover for most of them. And I don't think there's a huge drop-off in what we're going to get in terms of output from the rest. And it's, in some ways, like he packs saying, I think it could actually to put a light a fire under some and we could see a surprising output from from the defence. Are you thinking about defence or, or offence there, Rob? Because I think it's offence where we might struggle a little bit, particularly at um, running back. I think well, both, really. I mean, I, I'm a bit of a fan of McMullins, to be honest. So, I know Jimmy is the quarterback and it's very clear that Jimmy's the quarterback and Kyle's come out and said that several times as he's our guy we're quite rightly because there's a lot of money invested in Jimmy G but as Keith and Giants was going to say it's um, Nick Mullins when he hits when his back foot hits the ball goes yeah he knows what he's doing and alright he's we were talking on the Twitter earlier on with a few people a few fans to see what their thoughts were and there's a lot of sort of appreciation for Mullins out there that's perhaps not sort of headline Don't forget, with people. He got us a win in overtime against Seattle. Yeah, I think he's I think he's kind of borderline starting starting NFL quality guy. And I think he could with a a good run maybe maybe he won't get lots of games here. Jimmy could be back soon. Mullins will keep, especially like you said, the Vegas. It's the Eagles, it's the Dolphins, Giants. It's these are games that we should be competitive in. Yeah. And with and with a decent defensive effort, which I think we still will put out there, we we can we should be able to take the W. It may not be a convincing W in the way that we would like, but I can see us coming out three and one. Like and a lot of these IR two returns now. Our three-week returns, and you could well see Coleman, Jimmy, uh, Sherman, and the rest, and the rest of those guys coming back. Most of it was another one. Coleman was a three-week IR to return. So by the time we get to week sort of five and six, we could have a lot of the so-called starters back again. That's quite timely, Rob, because up until then, we've only played Arizona as a divisional game. You know, we still haven't got, we haven't played. You know, it'd be sort of week five, week six before we start playing divisional teams. And that hopefully will coincide with those guys, with some of them coming back when we really, really need them. You know? that, yeah, exactly. If we had front-loaded divisional rivals, you know, like in week two, week three, week four, mm-hmm. especially how fierce the NFC West is this season, then it really would have been a, a huge ask for this team to make postseason. But I still think we can do it. You know, I really do. Uh Seven wildcard teams in each conference, one extra wildcard there. It could be for the first time that the entire division goes to the playoffs. <sighs> Think about that, you know? It could happen. That would be wild. Oh, my gosh. It would be unreal. It could happen. This would be the year it'll happen because that's true. the preparation in other, every division. If you look around the NFC, for example, there's not 
going to be in the NFC East is playing the NFC West. And I think at the end of the season, when you do a comparative record, the West is going to win that pretty much hands down. The um, the the the, the, the South are going to beat each other up with the Bucks and the Saints and the Falcons in there. And by far, the NFC West is probably. You could argue the AFC West as well, but the NFC West is by far, the, for me, the best division in football. Oh, easily. And uh, it's a quarterback-heavy league as well. You know, some big hitters in the game there. It is going to be... Um... It's going to be a hell of a job to get into the playoffs in that division. Yeah, I I mean, defensively, we're a lot deeper in terms of talent. Well, and I don't even want to say than we are offensively, because we are pretty deep in talent, in talent offensively. I just, I feel like there's a lot more versatility on offense in terms of who plays where than there is on defense. Also, Kat, don't forget, Shani's a offensive genius not so much a defensive one but definitely an offensive one and um you know i'm going to swear here but he could make chicken salad out of chicken shit if you gave it (laughs) well and i mean you look at how they've improved third down efficiency from week one to week two Uh, the offense had 53 percent third down efficiency whereas i believe it was below 10 percent week one i don't have those stats in front of me at the moment but um so there was improvement on the offense there. Getting the ball to, to these different receivers, Juszczyk, Coleman, Bourne, Dwelly, Mostert, Ayuk, Taylor, Reed. I mean, the, the Jordan Reed had seven catches last week, he, and that was the most of any of, of the receiving core. Everybody else got, you know, twos, ones, four, you know. I think that'll help keep the giant defense on, on their toes enough that uh, we could definitely control this game. Uh, I was chatting with Rob earlier, and I think the key to winning this is keep the Giants' offense on the sidelines. Hit them with a running game. You know, we've still got Juice. We've still got Jeff McKinnon, you know. Jeff Wilson Jr., he's he's still around. (laughs) Yeah, defensively, they haven't really shown that much this season, you know. So I think they're there for the taking if we can certainly dominate them them on the line, which I believe we can, you know. And I'm also thinking about our defense because the Giants' O-line is, is horrible. It's like how ours used to be, except worse. We'll take any positive we can get, right? It's hard to be excited when we got decimated like that, you know? Yeah, but I, I, I still think if we can get through this and then beat Philly, then we might see some starters returning and the silver linings and all the rest of it, you know. Obviously, Bose is mm-hmm. gone, but the others, hopefully. Sherm might be coming back. There's talk of Jimmy G even coming back as early as Sunday, and, and I really hope they do, that he doesn't. Yeah, I saw something on Twitter that, um, no, he will not be starting. It will be Nick Mullins. A fair play to Mullins, you know. These guys, these replacements, they must be all asking themselves the same question, you know. We're the ones that are going to have to put our careers on the line by playing on that field. You know, this, yeah. The, the, the whole voodoo, the hoodoo, sorry, of that field is, is in their heads. You know, so these guys must be thinking, what does a coach think of me if he's putting me out there? Does he not think I'm important to the team? Or you're going to get players who will take the opportunity to shine, you know, and, and I think we are going to see some very, very, we might uncover some diamonds in the rough. 
Two quick thoughts. Um, one, for the defence, from what I've seen, not just this season, but last season as well, the, when we've had the the star names out there, there seems to be a lot of people going for stats and big plays and padding their stats at times when a simple wrap-up tackle or gang tackle would be be better or even like gap discipline like Steve was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I think if we get some people who are trying to make a squad next season, there may be just a little bit more stick to your job, do your job type mentality out there. And we may actually have a stronger defensive effort than we're anticipating. As a result of that, with people trying to prove a point, trying to get trying to get a contract for next season. Yeah. On the offense, I think it's it's possible that George could be fit enough to be out there. And I doubt he's going to be a great sort of part of the passing game in this game but if he's just on the pitch or the field or you want to call it and he's out there the Giants are going to have to cover him yeah. and, he's, and he's going to distract them from and the charges are then with George is fit enough to be on the field they block because we know he loves to block and mm-hmm. I, I think looking at the Giants defence we can we can run on them I mean Shannon can pull up a, a run play against anyone and the Giants defence is 26 out of 32 in the league anyway. This is going to be, if, if the Giants can keep, if we can keep them on the back foot, if we can keep our de- offence not being stupid penalties and jumping off sides and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Just keep the discipline, keep the manageable third downs, second downs, get positive yardage. We can run on this team. We can make this a short game in terms of this ball control. It'd be like watching some of the second half of the playoffs against the Vikings last year. Just, just run it out. <laughs> a lot of the group questions uh, this week were centered around that that turf, and uh, you know Simon Holdsworth, our friend, wants to know how many injuries we're expecting to pick up next week uh, because of that turf. Um, what other you know Daniel Jacob Christensen Jr. should they play on that field Sunday? Will the NFL allow them on a different field? So the the theme that we're hearing a lot of is about the turf. Lisa Watson asks, if these injuries are long-lasting, what teams do you realistically see us being able to beat? Well, we just beat the Jets, didn't we? <laughs> At what cost? <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we, are, we are rightly concerned about the field, but there's no way the NFL is going to sanction that field as unplayable. That's just not going to happen. You know, no. and... You, Let's have a look and see if there are further injuries. I think if there are another four or five injuries to ankles and knees this Sunday, then perhaps they might take a, they might give it greater scrutiny. But on a personal level, and I love saying this story because when John Madden invited me into the Madden Cruiser, <laughs> I love this story. He told me he goes football should be played on grass, and that's why I love Candlestick Park. He goes the coolest thing about football. He's seen a player get up from a pile and he's got a big divot of earth wedged in his in his <laughs> face cage. Now, we don't see that no more. But I do believe that the game should be played on grass. I don't care if it's in New York or Buffalo or Green Bay. Um, it's meant to be played on grass. It's not meant to be played on a synthetic thing. And and I understand why they want to use synthetic fields. It's because they're low maintenance. You know, they're neutrally. Mm-hmm. But Arizona has a a grass field in that incredible stadium of theirs. If they can manage it in the desert, you know, I'm sure anybody could manage well, it. Well, isn't Lambeau still grass? Lambeau Field is still grass. 
right? Yeah, Lambeau's grass, ours is grass. There's, there's only a handful of stadiums that are still grass mm-hmm. in the NFL, but ours is definitely one of them. I mean, if if the concern is weather, you know, obviously, yeah, you're going to have your muddy times. You're going to have your hard, your hard, you know, ice cold ground. You're going to, you know, but it holds true for for all these other teams that play out in the snow and in the rain and and all that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's football is an all weather sport. You know, it's been played in hundred degree heat. You know, in the early parts of the season down to Green Bay weather where your bum is literally welded onto the bleacher like cold. You know? it, it is about extreme weathers. And uh, I, I mean, that's just me personally. I think the game should be played on grass. Um, I don't think the NFL are going to do anything about this unless you see a significant number of injuries picked up again on that field and then they might do something about it. But that doesn't really help us. We need to look mm-hmm. beyond the field and figure out how we're going to beat the Giants, you know, and then come back to California and forget about those two weeks. Absolutely. I think you got to look at it. I agree with everything you said there about it. Football should be on grass, obviously. But um, if you look at it around the league, yes, we had what, two ACLs in our game, but Saquon went down with an ACL. I'm not sure what stadium that was at. Mm-hmm. It's happening all around the league, so... They're not going to pick up every stadium, and do it. so they're going, to, they're going to have to let them play to a certain degree. And, I mean, with a, with COVID doing what it did and rolling out preseason as it was, I think we we're expecting a lot more sort of soft tissue type hamstring, sort of calf balls and things like that injuries keeping people out. And I don't think anyone foresaw so many sort of ACL type MCL mm-hmm. injuries. But um, I mean, it, it did look. I mean, I've played on a few different astroturf fields for different sports, and I'm not sure it looked the greatest on TV, the, the amount of rubber crumb that was flying up when a player was making a cut like that. But, but the, it's difficult as you think, well, if, the NFL, if, if any sports organisation's got money to invest in this type of thing, it's the NFL. Yeah. And maybe they should be, because it's slept. Like, even our local football club down here in Exeter City's got a like a four G astroturf that's sort of cost three four million pound that they've invested in, and if a club like Exeter can do it, then no NFL teams can. The NFL should afford proper Absolutely. developed astroturf surfaces or hybrid grass fields or something like that. But, so, what are I'm going to direct this at Rob? What are your expectations of Nick Mullins? That was Deepak's question. I I don't think there's a great drop off personally between Jimmy G and Nick Mullins in what we're in game plan. I think we can expect Nick Mullins to go out and do the job. He doesn't seem to be flustered by anything from what I've seen. And he comes out and he, he just passes. So I think he, he hit the, the short passes, which is a staple of the Shanahan offense. The West Coast will, will look for Ayuk and. Kittle if he's back out there, wherever his tight ends are. And I think we're going to basically see just a running attack mainly. And I think if, if Nick Mines can just manage the game, and that's a, a bad term these days, but if he can manage the game, get us in the right place, pick up the blitzes, see it, get, get the protections right, and I think, we get the, I think we can win this one fairly comfortably. Deepak, what do you think? 
Yeah, I largely agree with Rob. I think Mullins has shown us that he can play the high percentage plays and it is game management, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. I would like to see the rushing game being re-established for us. I think that's something we do and we do well because we have the, the coach with the creative mind to execute that. But I do believe um, Mullins is going to be okay. You know, he's... He's a backup quarterback. He's got a job to do, and, and I think he'll do it. And uh, let's get behind the guy, you know. Absolutely. I think when, well, even when Jimmy went down two years ago, he sh- Nick showed that he was a solid quarterback. You know, he was reliable. He, you know, he could be clutch. Um, I'm excited to see what Nick can do. Yeah. Don't forget he beat Seattle. That's right. He did. So Nathaniel, our buddy, asks. Uh, Putting things in perspective, are we panicking prematurely about these injuries? I mean, there's there's some pretty big big injuries injuries that we have. And there are a lot of injuries as well. It's not just the size of the injuries, but it's the quantity of them. Bad news hits you. It hits you hard. But when you sort of let the dust settle, you know, we've talked a lot at length about replacements and what our expectations are going to be of them and it's very much going to be next man up i mean what is panic do we do we realign what our expectations are for the team or do we keep them as they were you know in march or april before the craziness started mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a relative thing do we panic uh, i don't think we should panic i think we should approach each game for what it's worth on its own merits and trust in our coaches to make the best of the resources they have available for that game. That's the only way I can see it going. Well, I think if you're going to lose that many players, majority of whom appear to be short-term, you may as well play the Jets, the Giants, the Eagles and the Dolphins. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Love it. You you can't get a better choice, really. If you're going to hand-pick four games in a row to to get you through an injury crisis, you might as well start with with those. Maybe <laughs> try the Bengals in as well. But, but, it's, but I think, you know, right, Bosa's been a big injury. We've said that before. And But Bosa's got injured in the last year at Ohio State when he decided to sit out and rather than risk it and coming back. And I think we'll see him come back strongly next year. Solomon Thomas was on the bubble anyway, in some people's opinion, about what was going to happen next year. Yeah. I mean, we've drafted Kinlaw. It'll be interesting to see what he can do now. He's going to get an opportunity to play more minutes. We've got receivers coming back. I mean, we didn't throw the ball to the wide receiver very often on Sunday. It was mainly backs and tight ends. Tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it seems to me that Shanahan has a plan that's never quite the same game plan twice anyway, is it? <laughs> That brings me to Paul McDonald's question. Um, should the coaches be keeping in mind the quality of the field when sorting the playbook for this weekend? Uh, I don't really understand the question, but I can't imagine an NFL playbook that doesn't require a player to make you know, rapid cuts and pivots and, and move and start-stop. So uh, unless Paul means, you know, do we keep it in the air or do we keep it in the ground? Um, I'm not really sort of sure what he's driving up there sure I would say you, obviously you pick a game plan to, to win the game either way and you can't focus too much on the field but what's the best way of beating the Giants I mean we're 
it'll be a similar sort of defensive plan to what we did against the Jets because Daniel Jones isn't um, that experienced as an NFL quarterback either. I mean, he's probably been in the league less time than Sam Darnold. Is that fair? Yeah. And Darnold, Darnold looked like he was seeing ghosts all day <laughs> last time, and that was without Bosa on the field most of the time. <laughs> um, Daniel Jones has shown that he's quite happy to throw the ball to the opposition. And we'll take it. Oh. <laughs> I think if we can if we can put pressure on, I expect us to put pressure through the middle. And I think, as we said before, if we can just run the ball, and this is a team that's susceptible to the run. As Mark's stats showed, I mean, the Giants are 26, and they're not exactly a great offensive output themselves. They they almost beat the Bears, but then that was the Bears. (laughs) All right, guys, I got two minutes on the clock. Are we ready to play the two-minute drill? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. All righty. Rob, can Ziggy answer replace the void left by Bosa? Not completely, but they will do do a job. Something will be better than we think. Deepak, if they were both to play, would you risk Jimmy and George this week? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I'd let them sit this one out and let them heal. Heck yeah. <laughs> Rob, would you forfeit the game to avoid playing on the same turf again? <laughs> no. I don't even know that you could do that in the NFL. Uh, Deepak, do you think Coleman's loss will be Jeff Wilson's gain? It's going to have to be. Uh, it's his opportunity to, to, to take the opportunity to become a featured running back, so... Yeah, I do think it's his game if he makes it his game and he wants it to be his game. Rob, can we realistically still win the division with all these injuries? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be difficult, but I think we can compete in the division. There's a long way to go. We're going to get players back, so yes, we can. Whether we will is a different question, but yes, we can. <laughs> Deepak, do you think other offensive coordinators have found a scheme to deal with our cover three, and will Salah change the system to counter it? Well, I'll answer that in reverse. I hope Salah does find a way to counter it. Have they found a scheme to deal with it? Yeah, they do. They pick on our secondary. I've always felt our defensive secondary, our defensive backfield, is probably the weakest part of our defense. Um, So, yeah, I think they have got schemes to counteract our defense. I hope Mo Salah has a, has a way of, of going up against that. Rob, will having another good tight end with Kittle relieve some of the pressure on the wideouts and getting Jimmy down and Jimmy getting down the field? Yes, it will. Obviously, yes, it will. It will help, certainly. Um, I still think <laughs> class above anything else in the league. So it'll be, anything that helps him is going to be good. But it will help, yes. And we are out of time. Well, guys, that wraps it up. I think we've covered everything. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Hanman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. 
So it's time to say goodbye, boys. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and Rob Newell, thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> you need to sing. <laughs> <laughs>